Once again, welcome back to the 617 Outlook podcast as we are about to dive in into that crazy Super Bowl win. Uh, well, you know, some people might not say crazy, but another title for the New England Patriots, sixth one in franchise history, Brady's sixth as well. And let's start off by what a what a different Super Bowl than, you know, what we usually get from the Patriots. Most of the time, we're at the edge of our seat. You know, the scoring is back and forth. It's it's very, it's very intense. It's very suspenseful. Goes down to the wire, and this, this Super Bowl did go down to the wire, um, for the most part, but not in the way it usually does. Um, Thirteen to three final score, Patriots. Sony Michelle with the only touchdown of the game, um, set up with one of. The, probably the most important play of the game um, on the offensive side of the ball with Gronk's catch to put him inside the five-yard line uh, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, what a boring Super Bowl, that game put me asleep. Well, it wasn't It wasn't necessarily a bad game, but it. I guess it could be boring. And that's just because defense, you know, defense doesn't draw in the the viewers as much as offense and that was a very defensive game probably the the best defensive game I've seen from the Patriots ever you know then in the six plus years I have seven plus years of memory I have watching them um you know they were just relentless they were getting a lot of pressure onto Goff which you know is something I really didn't expect Um, I thought the Rams' offensive line was better than that, but I think they underperformed. And, you know, the the Patriots just took advantage. Um, Hightower getting in, had a great game um, with pressure. Wise, we even saw Danny Sheldon get in the action. I mean, everyone was contributing. And how about that secondary? That secondary, oh, my goodness. What a a game. Just what a game. Jason McCourty. Probably my defensive MVP. A lot of people want to say Gilmore. And I understand he has the pick and all. But if you look back, most of Cook's catches is off Gilmore. So, I'm, you know, it, I think it evens out, I guess. But, you know, in the long run, it doesn't matter. But it, people forget about how McCourty saved the game or, you know, saved the touchdown. Breaking up that ball uh, with Cooks in the back of the end zone, wide open. Um, definitely busted coverage there, and I saw a stat a couple days ago. He ran 20 yards in two seconds to catch up with Cooks. I mean that's just crazy, and to get there in time, um, and just break that ball is crazy. But one of the best plays I've ever seen. And of course later we had Harmon with the pressure, um, causing Golf to throw a pick. I'm, you know, the the Patriots defense really came out strong and and sent a message, and I think that just made Goff, you know, 
kind of wet the bed immediately. You know, he he didn't seem comfortable in the situation. He was wasn't making smart decisions at all. And it's just, you know, it's tough. I I I do like the kid. Um I think he has a bright future, but the way he played on Sunday, boo. You know, that's just if you're a Rams fan, that was tough to watch, but you know, luckily we're not. Um on the offensive side of the ball, very underwhelming, I'd say. Especially after that Kansas City game when we put 30 up uh 30 plus uh, in overtime as well. That that was probably the better game for the viewer, uh, for the general football fan. But you know Brady didn't play his sharpest game. Uh, he, he obviously had that pick to Hogan. That that was just that was just a crusher in the heart, just to start the game. I mean that was just like oh boy here we go. But uh, you know he he didn't look too great. Some of what I was talking about in the last episode, the defensive, the Rams defensive line, um, the pressure they they brought was uh, was pretty good as expected, um, but still I think the offensive line did a great job because um, it could have been much worse. And every time Brady was uh, under pressure, it was more Brady's fault. Brady had to get the ball out much faster than he did and there's that one play where he fumbled it almost coughed it up so yeah not definitely not Brady's best game but uh, another offensive player who did have arguably his best game is Julian Edelman I mean how was he open that much in one play or not in one game I mean it was crazy it's like they didn't even choose to cover him I think it just you know establishes his dominance as a postseason wide receiver um you know, a lot of people are talking about he should be a Hall of Famer with that performance. And I'm going to have to say no. Um, he's what he's probably my favorite player in football history um, as a Pats fan. But is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't think so. Because people forget that, you know, we live in a society today where numbers kind of rule everything. Uh, especially with social media, they focus on like, oh, how many touchdowns do you score? How much yards? How many catches? And for Edelman, uh, those numbers don't look so great in the regular season. Uh, not many touchdowns, receiving yards, meh. Um, but he is second for all time in postseason receiving yards. And, you know, that, but that doesn't weigh as much as the regular season. So he won't be getting in the Hall of Fame as of now, but he will 100%, 110% be getting into the Patriots Hall of Fame with number 11 arguably being retired because, you know, I think he's one of the Patriots greats. Uh, you know, that was that was kind of a stretch, but he's he shows why the Patriots Hall of Fame is just a little bit different than the normal Hall of Fame. You know, I talked to I just said about the numbers, you know, the numbers matter so much uh, of you getting in or not in uh, your selections, like how many all pros did you get? How many pro bowls? All, you know, all of that. And the, the Patriots Hall of Fame is just a little different of how gritty you are, how hard you work. It's, it's the motto, do your job. You know, that's what the Patriots franchise, you know, strives themselves on. 
And I think that's what gets you in the Hall of Fame, you know, along with those numbers sometimes. Because there's some people in the Hall, of, the Patriots Hall of Fame that would not have a chance at the actual Hall of Fame. Um, and that's why Edelman is such a sure 100% yes for that, uh, for the Patriots. Because, you know, he's, he's just the guy you always want to work with on the field. He's the guy you want in the slot. Um, any every quarterback's dream because he's gonna put 110 percent in all time, and you know he's gritty. He's he's a hard worker, and that's why. You know some people. Going back to social media, it's he's not flashy. You know Julian Edelman isn't a flashy guy. You know, he he's not the guy that'll go up make a 100. Uh, I mean a one-handed grab. You know over a defender like you know Odell. He's not a the toe tap guy in the end zone, um, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins or Julio, but he's the guy that you know you don't see in the highlights, that will get you the first down, that will you know go the extra yards, and arguably I think that I'd rather have that if I was on my team. But you know you never you never see that because social media is just so they rather have the excitement, they rather they want to see the big plays. We live we live. In today's, you know, NFL football world, of we just want everything to be exciting, um, very high energy. Uh, you know, we don't want to, as we, as I said before, we don't want to see these thirteen to three games. We don't, we don't care about hard work. We want to, you know, that because the Super Bowl is a spectacle for some people. It's, it's a. Kind of like a Disney on Ice, a Harlem Globetrotters. They're there for a performance. They're not there for a game. And that's why I'm kind of annoyed by the people uh, on Twitter and everywhere saying, oh, what a bad game it was. Like, no, it wasn't. It was just not to your taste. And if you know, if you didn't like it, then don't watch. How about that? So, yeah, that's, you know, that's why I just have a different level of respect for Edelman. You know, have his jersey one of my favorite players ever um and a lot of people are saying oh he's not that great you know he's not that great what makes him a couple catches and you know he don't forget about the peds thing it's like well first off the peds thing that was a mistake he, you know he doesn't know what's on the supplement list it wasn't like he was just straight steroids into his into his wrist you know what i mean like it, that that was just a big accident. Um, so what we've heard. So I don't think you can weigh that on him at all. And I think people are just salty because they don't have a guy like that on their team. You know, there's not many Julian Edelman's out there right now. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely one of a kind. And you know, we're very lucky to have him. Um, and you know, the performance he put up just definitely MVP worthy. So let's see what else we got here. Belichick. We got, I was wanted to talk about Belichick. You know, I've heard other radio, other radio shows, and you know, everyone talking about did this win uh, affect Belichick's dynasty or no, not dynasty. Belichick's legacy or Brady's legacy more. It's definitely Belichick. Uh, Belichick didn't just out coach Sean McVay. He straight up dra dragged him through the mud. And, you know, 
played played with his food basically. Um, he made him look like a clown out there. McVeigh, you know, I, he's a he's a bright guy and all. I'm not saying he's a he's totally garbage, but he was just not suited uh, well for the moment uh, last Sunday. And Belichick, you know, being there, he he was locking on all, all cylinders. You know, there's the mic'd there's the mic'd up portion where he's talking to the defense and that you know. He's hitting on all points. He, just the way he talks, the way he manages things in game to the players, just everything. is It's crazy. He's probably one of, well, we know he's one of the best coaches of all time, but I'm going to go ahead and say he's the, the best coach of all time. But, you know, I'm. if you don't agree with me, I'm not going to be super upset. You know, it's it's definitely up for debate. Um, but, yeah, another a sixth title. Tying the Pittsburgh Steelers for the most in the NFL. And, you know, it's kind of surreal. I don't know why, but there's this feeling of just, you know, as a fan, you're watching the game, you're on an emotional roller coaster of ups and downs, the, your heart's beating. You know, I get, I get jittery legs sometimes when I'm watching a game, and then they win. And then, you know, everything just kind of goes numb um, emotionally because you're like, wow, they actually did it, you know. I'm just I'm just kind of still in awe. It hasn't really kicked in that they won their sixth Super Bowl because let's let's not forget where this team came from. They came from a, you know, 11 and five regular season, uh, a team that was blocked out by the media. Um, and criticized immensely. And a lot of people just didn't see it happening this year. Um, I went back, um, or, you know, I said back a couple episodes ago, those two losses in December, those are very not Patriot-like, you know, to lose in December. And, you know, it, it gave me even doubts. Um, but, uh, the you know the Chargers game I I said that would really show this team's real identity and they went off and then the Chiefs game oh my goodness what what a performance and then you know capping it off with a dom a dominant Super Bowl you know minus the scoreboard because you know if you look on paper the the Patriots dominated them just not on the scoreboard technically but yeah this suggests. To sum up this season in one word, it would just say, or I'd just say, or maybe maybe one quote is, knock us down, come back even harder. Teams rarely come back from losing a Super Bowl and put the pieces back together. I mean, some teams don't even come back from Super Bowl wins and put the pieces back together. Like, look at the Eagles this year. They were kind of, you know, they made it somewhat far in the playoffs, but they were kind of dysfunctional. You know, they didn't have everything running smoothly. They they didn't get back to the big game. And, you know, people thought that was going to happen to the Patriots too. After a tough Super Bowl loss, this is going to be the cliff. This is going to be the downfall. And look at us... A year later, we're at 
another parade on a nice 60 degree Tuesday uh, partying in the streets of Boston I mean it's just it's crazy what not just the Patriots but this town has established in the sports world and culture of just dominance on in all four sports for the most part uh so yeah i'm just it's kind of surreal it's very surreal i have now witnessed three super bowl wins for the patriots and i just can't say how lucky i am as a fan to have such great teams go out there every year um you know you look around the league at some struggling teams it can't be easy and you know I think I've just been blessed to grow up in such a great sports world or sports location uh, and yeah I'm just you know we'll, we'll talk a lot about the Pats in the off season. this is going to be a very interesting off season. they have some moves they got to make I've, they got some guys they need to bring back some guys they can let go um, already moves today they hired a new defensive coordinator Greg uh, Schiano who was working at Ohio State prior to this and you know those Ohio State teams are usually pretty good so we'll see how that goes um, but for right now we're going to move into the Celtics um, really the only other team uh, notable right now uh, sorry Bruins but Anthony Davis, the whole Anthony Davis saga, uh, trade rumors. It's just, it's. I kind of hate it. I kind of hate the whole, oh, look at this package. This is what they should do. Oh, I don't, you know, it's just like, come on. Like, let's just wait and see what happens. You know, we're not the GMs. They're the GMs. Let's just chill on Twitter and let them do what they do. Okay, I'm not going to. You know, I'm going to wait for the move to happen first, and then we'll, we can discuss. Because, you know, not not just NBA offseason, but people go head over heels for free agents. And, you know, I've, I've definitely done it before, too. And it's just like, just wait and see. Don't overbite. Don't, don't bite on the bait too much. You know, be patient, and let's just see what happens. Um, just from sources, I've just, I, I just don't see Anthony Davis coming to Boston. Um, he hasn't expressed interest in coming here. Uh, and I don't think the Celtics will find a trade worthy, uh, you know, they, they got some great pieces on the Celtics right now. I don't know if the Pelicans will ask too much. Or vice versa, of the Celtics will be giving too little for AD. Um, I did see a report just about an hour ago that Jason Tatum has been talked about a lot in trade discussions between the Pelicans and Celtics. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. of That, that cannot happen. Sure up. Tatum has a chance to be one of the best players on this team. Probably better than Hayward. Um, down the road and I think he's got to be a building block you know and you know you might say 
Why don't you want Anthony Davis, who has already established himself as one of the best players in the league and will definitely raise the title chances in Boston? And it's just, you know, I go back to the, the disinterest he had. He, he could easily leave and we could we just gave up our 21-year-old fresh dominant franchise player for what one year of ad and what if we don't win you know it's not a surefire thing especially with the roller coaster that the season has been so far the ups and downs you know what's going to happen i think it's just too big of a risk but you know we just got to wait and see i don't think it's totally out of the picture that we get ad I would be very delighted to, but it's just I don't want to overbite. I'm, I'm really using that term a lot. I don't want to jump the gun and give up too, too many assets just for it to all go wrong, just for him to leave, just for him to go to L.A., New York, wherever. Um, you know, L.A.'s already pulled out of trade talks apparently, so this should be really interesting. I think there's a high chance... He stays on New Orleans for the rest of the year. Um, I just wanted to get some Celtics uh, talking points out because the trade deadline is tomorrow. And, yeah, it's just uh, we have to wait and see. So, uh, that's about it for this installment of the 617 Outlook podcast. I think I need to come up with a few more segments. Uh, we are still in kind of the development phase of this podcast. You know, only the first couple episodes in. And, you know, I just need to find more talking points, more things to talk about. Uh, maybe stretch it out. But at the same time, it's better for the viewer if these things are shorter. Um, you know, it'll fit in your schedule a bit better. But uh, just... Just work with me as as we grow. Just work. You know, I, I appreciate all the support um, on whatever platform you're listening on. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week, uh, next episode. And I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.